0: The text for the sermon this morning is verse 50 of Luke 24, verse 50. We'll read that verse again. Then he, Jesus, led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, also young people making profession of your faith here this morning hands people's hands can say a lot about them can't they calloused hands soft hands small hands big strong hands well Luke's last portrayal of the Lord Jesus as he was leaving the earth, as he ascended into heaven, focuses on his hands. And let's pay attention to those hands in the text this morning. And I preach to you the gospel of that text with this theme. At his ascension, Jesus lifts up his hands and we see three things. Those hands are blessing hands. Those hands are strong hands, and those hands are pierced hands. So first of all, Jesus' uplifted hands at his ascension are blessing hands. Luke writes very simply near the end of his gospel that while the Lord Jesus held out his hands in blessing, he was lifted up, parted from his apostles, carried up into heaven before we think of those hands, though, it's good to pay attention to where this all took place. The Lord consciously chose that place. He had led his apostles out of Jerusalem toward Bethany, that little village near the top of the Mount of Olives. To get there, they had to pass through The garden of Gethsemane six weeks before after Jesus had instituted the Lord's Supper he had also walked through Gethsemane with his disciples and you know what happened there there the disciples had fallen asleep while the Lord Jesus wrestled in prayer there the People had come out to arrest him and all his disciples had fled into the night. Now they walked through that place again and that must have humbled them very deeply to remember that only a a while ago they had been there and those things had happened there. The Lord sometimes reminds us of things we're ashamed of later on, too, doesn't he? Maybe while we're reading the Bible or we're listening to uh, the preaching or reading something else, something written or said, triggers a memory of a sin. Conscience comes up, bothers us. Something unfaithful that we have done, Lord, What do you have to do with me, a sinner? And then we're humbled again before him. And the wonderful thing is that when we're humbled before the Lord, then our hearts are receptive to blessing. When they're humble and we realize that we have nothing without Christ... It isn't self-assured and self-possessed people who are receptive to the blessings of the Lord. Also, not today. People who humbly acknowledge their own sins and their weaknesses are the ones who are open to receive blessings from the Lord. So by the, the time the Lord and his apostles had reached that open spot on the Mount of Olives... You realize that the Lord had prepared the hearts of his disciples to receive his blessing. He had humbled them so that they were open to his blessing. And then he lifted up his hands, it says in our text, and he blessed them. Interesting that the gospel of Luke begins with a priest, Zechariah, who also lifted up his hands but was unable to bless the people unable to speak the blessing because of his unbelief, right at the beginning of of Luke. But now Luke's gospel concludes with a priest who has the right and the ability to bless. Before he was supposed to bless the people, an animal was sacrificed in the temple, and then Zechariah was supposed to offer incense on the altar of incense in the holy place. And then he was to step out on the steps of the temple to bless the people. That was, that's what the regulations were. First the sacrifice, then the blessings could be laid on the people. Well, the Lord Jesus had brought that sacrifice to end all sacrifices, offered himself up on the cross, bore the curse and the punishment for the sin of his people, finished it once and for all, and then he could raise his hands in blessing and speak out the blessing as he ascended into heaven but what is blessing blessing is something between god and his people in the new testament blessings are more than just you know physical benefits like good health good weather good income good family of course Those are wonderful gifts from God, but not necessarily blessings. No, blessings are what the triune God only promises to give to his people, his own people. They're what God the Father only gives his own children, that his face shines on them so that he keeps them from the evil one. Blessings are what God the Holy Spirit only gives to those who belong to Christ. Faith, hope, love in their hearts. Those are the true blessings, spiritual blessings. And those blessings were then given because the sacrifice for sins had been made. And then you realize outside of that blessing, there's only curse. The curse because of sin. And then you might possess a lot of good things and yet not be blessed. And the good things you enjoy can even make your heart proud so that you don't see your need for your Savior anymore. And then your heart can be more set on pleasing yourself than on growing spiritually in the word and prayer. And that's that's curse. God gives those who don't acknowledge Him over, who don't acknowledge His salvation, don't humble themselves before him acknowledging their need for a Savior, he gives them over to a curse like that. Then they can have all kinds of good stuff, but they're on the way to eternal condemnation. They're under a curse. But look at Jesus' hands. Look at Jesus' hands just before he's lifted up into heaven. Let's never forget that last picture of our Savior before he's ascended on high. Hands lifted up in blessing over his apostles, the foundation of the New Testament church. And think of what that meant for those apostles. Think of Peter, the Galilean fisherman. At Pentecost, he would stand up and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to thousands. And then later, he would end up with his feet in stocks in jail. And he would be arrested and eventually be put to death. In Rome, apparently crucified upside down for his faith. Or think of the Apostle James. He would be put put in prison to be beheaded by Herod to please the Jewish leaders. And it most likely seemed to those men at times as if the Lord had maybe not blessed them. Had forsaken them. But there was always that last image they had in their mind of the Lord Jesus as he went up into heaven with hands lifted over them in blessing. Blessing from God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God the Father's loving care on them so that all things had to work for their salvation. God the Son's gracious forgiveness of all their sins, and God the Spirit's strength to persevere. In faith to the very end. In all their troubles, those men knew themselves under the blessing of the Lord. Congregation, young people are about to profess your faith here in the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember always that the Lord Jesus was taken up into heaven with his hands lifted in blessing over his own who knows what each one of us may still have to deal with in his or her life here on earth maybe there will come times that we think the lord has forgotten us we are not blessed it doesn't seem like it maybe we'll end up in a situation mistreated by others because we want to stick to the faith we profess at work or university or so maybe it becomes an intense struggle for you to remain Faithful in your home or your marriage Who knows what? What any of us might have to deal with? even this week Well in every circumstance we can remember that those hands of the Lord Jesus at his ascension were raised in blessing over his own He left that way he remains that way Interceding for us, working for us, giving heavenly gifts from heaven, blessing us. In fact, you may see those hands of Jesus lifted up in blessing in the upraised hands of his servant at the end of every worship service. That's why that happens. Is that how you stand under the blessing of your Savior then? At that time, eager to receive that blessing on your heart and your life before you leave church here and go into your life outside? Like the patriarch Jacob, he wrestled with God at the border of the promised land, at the brook Jabbok, and he said to the Lord God, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And what he meant to say with that was, bless me, Lord, otherwise my life is without purpose or direction here. My life is worthless. Bless me. And that's how important that blessing is. And that brings us to the second part. Of the sermon the, the second thing we notice about the hands of the lord jesus when he was carried up into heaven his hands at his ascension are also strong hands so the lord jesus who we see in our text with uplifted hands went into the throne room of god the absolute center of power in the whole universe he went up as the victorious one the one who by his death and resurrection conquered the power of sin and death and every other power which sets itself against God's truth and justice and righteousness. So those hands that the Lord lifted over his disciples were also the most powerful hands ever, the mightiest hands in heaven and on earth. Because Mark writes at the end of his gospel, Mark 16, he says there, So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. The right hand of God. The place of all power and authority in heaven and on earth. The right hand. That's where the Lord Jesus sits and reigns over all things with mighty hand and outstretched arm. So Jesus' uplifted hands at his ascension were also strong hands, lifted up in victory and power. And you can imagine it was mighty encouraging for the disciples to, to think about that too, even afterwards. Because look at Luke 24, verse 47 again. It says there that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. They had a task, a job to do, That's, and it was not an easy task at all, beginning at Jerusalem to all nations, the gospel, and the thing is, people are not interested in hearing that gospel of repentance and forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ on their own. They're not interested in it. Am I a sinner? I'm pretty good. I'm a pretty good person. I'm pretty sure if there's a God, he'll accept me. Do I need to repent? You're kidding. I've always tried to be a good person. Or eternal life? When your life ends, it's lights off, nothing more. As the Apostle Paul says later in his letter to the Corinthians, the gospel of the cross is foolishness to Greeks and stumbling block to Jews. The gospel isn't going to be something that's going to appeal to people's senses, people of all nations. But the disciples had that task to bring the gospel out. However, they knew they weren't on their own when they brought that gospel, that brought out that great commission. No, they had strong hands in the throne room in heaven, supporting them, working with them, for them. And he promised to clothe his disciples with power from on high. That means the the power of the Holy Spirit. He promised to do that. Congregation that task to call all people to repentance and forgiveness of sins through faith in Jesus Christ belongs to us as church today, too And that's not an easy task as we mentioned also not in our Western world Which is determined to live without God and is not interested in salvation from sin But just deliverance from the Christian norms of the past and from the effects of climate change That's what they want to be saved from today By nature, people don't want to hear that sin is the big problem in the world and in their own lives. And that repentance to forgiveness is what is needed by the world and by themselves. And by nature, we're not that bold to testify about that, are we? We're often afraid of rejection, worried about how others at school, college, or work see us if we speak and act according to the Bible... We need help with that today too. But we have power behind us because look at the hands of the Lord Jesus as he ascended to God's right hand. Those hands didn't hang weakly at his sides as he went up into heaven. No, they were raised also in power. In those hands, the Father has laid all authority and And power in heaven and on earth. They're mighty hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. Congregation. Young people about to profess your faith here this morning. Isn't that a powerful encouragement for you? To live for the Lord. To be his witnesses today too. To be springs of the living water of Christ's Spirit in your home, at school, at work, socially, among others, too. You don't have to be afraid to stand up for the Lord Jesus. You can be bold about what you profess as Reformed Christians as long as you look up to Jesus Christ in trust. He will clothe you from power on high, too. And you can do your task to witness in your everyday life joyfully, to the best of your ability. And you can leave the rest up to him. He uses our often puny efforts for his mighty work in bringing about the coming of his kingdom. And so we come to the last part of the sermon Jesus' uplifted hands are also pierced hands. The famous Dutch painter Rembrandt van Rijn painted a beautiful scene of the Lord Jesus ascending into heaven. With uplifted hands in the presence of his apostles. They're standing there looking up to him. But in that painting, he also shows the Lord Jesus with pierced hands. They still have the marks of the nails in them from when he was crucified. And according to Luke 24, Rembrandt is correct in that portrayal. In the section of Luke 24, just before our text, Luke tells us about the Lord Jesus appearing to his disciples after his resurrection. Jesus himself suddenly stood among the apostles in that room where they were together for fear of the Jews. They were afraid, but the Lord Jesus tells them to calm down. And he says, verses 38 and 39, Why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. See, the Lord proves that it's him, truly him, by showing them his hands and his feet, which were pierced by the nails when he was crucified. And we can safely assume that those marks of the nails were still in the Lord's hands a number of days later when he ascended into heaven. Those pierced hands at the Lord's ascension remind his congregation of Jesus' suffering and death on the cross for us. They are the, the hands he lifted up over his disciples, hands with holes in them, He lifts them up over his church today too. And knowing that assures us that when we in true humble repentance seek forgiveness of our sins before God's throne. Jesus is there with his pierced hands and he pleads for us before the father. Day after day we could say and he says look father look my pierced hands. I gave myself over to the curse for this person's sin. Forgive him, forgive her for my sake. Don't let the curse of sin remain on this person, but bless him, her. So when the burden of our sins and weaknesses weigh us down, it's good to also remember how the Lord Jesus ascended into heaven with pierced hands. What a struggle it is for each of us against sin and temptation here in this life, also as believers. Every day, that battle against our sinful nature doesn't go away when you profess your faith, young people at the front here. That battle, in fact, intensifies for you. Because every day, again, you will be surrounded by temptations of the evil one trying to take away that faith you profess, and you will struggle with those temptations. You will fall too at times, but you have an advocate in heaven, Jesus Christ the righteous, who ascended there with pierced hands. He knows your struggles. He's been here. He's done it all. He grew up here too. He never forgets those he took with him in his heart to the cross. And he holds out those pierced hands to his father. And there is forgiveness for you when you stretch out your hands to him in repentance. And his spirit will strengthen you again and again until you join God's elect in his presence forever. So at the end of the gospel of Luke, Luke pictures the Lord Jesus ascending into heaven with uplifted hands, blessing hands, Strong hands, pierced hands, forgiving hands, we could say. Is it any wonder that Luke shows us the disciples returning to Jerusalem, not with sorrow because they were parted from their Lord, but with great joy after the Lord's departure? Those uplifted hands of the Lord Jesus are reason for us to be joyful today too. Amen.